from Equine Connection, the Academy of Equine Assisted Learning. Hi, I'm Carrie. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Carson. Welcome to our podcast. You'll be listening to some of our best moments of helping people to live their best lives and all while, get this, working with horses. We will be your hosts and have tons of guests along the way. Subscribe today and happy listening. Today we are going back to horse welfare in the series that we're doing with you don't know what, what you, you don't, don't know until, until you, you do, do know. And it is really, really an exciting series because we are always learning more and more and more information, especially about our horses, but really in life in general. You don't go a day without learning something, right? Especially with horses. Oh especially my gosh. Especially with horses, yes. So I don't know, do we need to do the share and stuff again? I think so. Yeah, we'll do the whole kit and caboodle. Well, I think so. So, yes, back to this. We have this lovely holy jumping tuna fish hashtag and what we would love for you to do is when you can hear us <laughs> and we say something that kind of blows your mind or knocks your socks off or maybe it's something that you didn't know you didn't know until you did know, throw in that hashtag holy jumping tuna fish because it lets us know what kind of gear to go on to make sure we're always providing you guys amazing information. And also because we are all working in this horse world and we can always learn more about the welfare and there's so many different ways that people work with horses, share, share, share this out. It isn't about anything else but getting the welfare of the horse spread as globally as we possibly can. So we are working with these beautiful creatures rather than using them because it's a big difference. Absolutely. And you know, it's all about if together we learn and we share and we, we share those knowledges, oh my gosh, the more everyone wins and especially the horse because we're all trying so much because there's two kinds of horse people is what we've always said, <laughs> the crazy ones. Yeah. And then the people like all of us who are just always wanting to learn and absorb more. Mm -hmm. There doesn't seem to be a middle <laughs> horse no, person. It's no. I or just like us. And it's funny because I came into the horse world later in life. And I, that's one thing I really found right away is every time I'd meet horse people, I always say, they're like, you are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> or I'd be like, oh, you know, they're right where I am. They're learning more. And we're all learning more towards the same end goal. And it was always lovely. But yeah, it's there's definitely a vast middle ground that's not covered there. Also, if you are catching this on replay and you've gotten this far without the audio, throw in that replay as well for us so that we know you have followed us and we can reply back to any comments you leave as well. And please do comment who you are and where are you from. Where are you from? I can, I can where are you from? Where are you from? How are you doing? <laughs> but I see why nobody commented that before now. Mm -hmm. because you couldn't hear us. Nope. Yeah, so now you can, but do throw in who you are, where you're from, because we love to see all of those pieces as well. And lots of comments, throw in questions, whatever you may mm -hmm. have, because we really like to hear those pieces too. You bet. My name is Carolyn Charles. I'm the Director of Sales and Marketing, as well as an Instructor and Facilitator for the Equine Connection, the Academy of Equine Assisted Learning, Inc. And <laughs> even on that, I always kind of like move my body, because it's yeah. like a song. However, I just want you also to know Equine Connection literally has a song. We have a facilitator who is certified with us, who is a, uh, an artist, a writer, a yes, song a singer, musician, singer absolutely, Juno Award winner. And he actually did write us a song. So if you want to know where to find it on our website, just email Carolyn. Yeah, yeah. And we can share it now. Because it's uh, by Armin Deck Chief. If you have a chance, check him out. He's a phenomenal singer-songwriter as well. And he does lots of, well, he did lots of live shows. I'm sure that will happen again. But definitely check him out for sure. Oh, Anita, miss the energy from you too. Can Aww. you feel it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> My name is Carrie Fulmick, the founder and master instructor of the Equine Connection. 
you know, globally helping humans, just like you, just like us who are wanting to have that purpose piece in our life and what helping a human being to be able to move forward. However, having the piece that we get to work with horses every single day and actually make a living doing what we love so much. But the one thing that we're most proud of with our certification is the welfare of the horse. We work with horses. We do not use these living beings. They literally are the teachers to all the programs that we run. We do not tell clients the things that are false or that the horse is saying to do this or to do that. We allow the human, once they understand through all of the safety and how horses speak, what do you think that that horse might be saying to you? And we allow them to be empowered with their own decision-making. Yes. And sometimes, you know, We've all tried maybe those different traditional pieces that just they don't work as good for us or they've done it, but they need another step to go to. Well, I tell you, when 1,200 pounds is in front of a human being and the change that they make because these living beings are the ones who say it versus us as humans, it is so powerful and those humans are so empowered. And then it transfers from the learning in the arena to their actual life. That's why they're so powerful. Yeah, they truly are. So before we get started, I have a joke. Now I'm not a joke teller. I kind of suck at them, but I'm gonna try it. My hubby told me this this morning. So why can horses jump so high? I know, like why? Because they have frogs. Isn't that cute? Yeah, I thought that was a cute one. Love okay. It. It's very cute. <laughs> I expect to see some tuna fishes for that. Seriously, it yeah. was really well done. It was super well delivered, and Carrie got all of it out properly. You've been Super proud of <laughs> because normally when we do things like that, it doesn't work the same way. Heck no. She did good. But going back to this welfare piece, there is a reason why this is so, so imperative to not only our certification, but to us in general that we get the word out there about it, is because the horses are everything to these programs. They are the bread, they are the butter. And without understanding what they're saying, and if they're being properly mind, body, soul taken care of, you know, we need to know those pieces to make sure that we are actually working with our horses in the proper way rather than using them like we've mentioned before. Absolutely, because for any of us who own a horse, I mean, if all you're doing is getting this knowledge by being a part of our Facebook page, it's brilliant because can you imagine once you have that communication and you understand now, why mm. does your horse keep coming in and bumping you? Or why does your horse do this with you? Why? And then you get to the place that you're starting to hear and understand specifically why they're doing it. Cause it's always for a reason. The relationship that you and your horse now have and share, you're just going to be on cloud nine all the time because you're actually putting his feelings, his thoughts, his whole piece in front of you before you just go to a no, not allowed. I'm going to control the situation. And I always laugh at that because control, well, I don't know if that's the word I would use because if 1,200 pounds needed to go in flight, you know, yeah. you don't have a chance. They're all. Uh, that, that's right, of uh, being safe. And you know, a horse can only think and act like a horse. That's all they're capable yeah. of doing because remember, a horse does not have a prefrontal cortex. And this is why it's so important that we understand these things. They do not think like us. They do not think like a human does. But yet a lot of us horse people, as we're doing it, we put a thought onto our horse that, oh, he must be cold because I'm cold. He yeah. must be feeling sad because I'm feeling so. Well, horses don't work like that. No, they react to our stimulus. Absolutely. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they go to that emotion place and can figure it out or do the same kind of 
problem solving methods and that kind of thing that we do. You bet. Oh, so, Michelle's from Arizona. That's yeah, warm. I know. And Anita, good to see you on. Terry, Brittany, we love to see you guys all on here. It's lovely. It's very weird because it's not showing us how many people are on right now and the regular stuff. So, yeah, interesting. But with this, so we started off last week with asking you a question: Does horse health equal horse welfare? Does health equal welfare? And you know, it's one of those questions that you kind of like. You have to think about, and then you stop for a moment, right? Because does it necessarily mean the same thing? So, and I love what Terry's saying here. So mind, learning, doing, challenge, body, all physical needs, fitness for the job, food, et cetera, soul connection, all of these things are absolutely part of the welfare. And we talked a lot about, we ended up talking a lot about dentistry. Yes, and I'm time. so excited to share that piece with you later on, unless we go right into the dentistry I think we may piece. as well, because we'll finish that off, and then we'll go into maybe the new stuff we're going to okay, talk about. Okay, sure. Time. So remember, just email Carolyn today as well. And I also have a little video that I've made. So if you want to get that video, just to really enlighten you, because sometimes these obviously on lines, you're like on lines, on lives. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't keep it all in mind. But anyways, I'm gonna show you this picture. So let's take a look at this first picture. So if we're just, you know, taking a gander at our horse or maybe our vet comes in, takes a look at the front, everything looks normal, right? So here, I'm gonna give you the story before we show you the next picture. So Grant McKinnon is our equine dentist. So he does the 3.1 balance, so the whole mouth is balanced within the horse. So it's not just you're going to back to his teeth to float or anything like that. It's the whole teeth that are actually balanced. So the, the mouth, actually the teeth work the way that they're supposed to. Like I was telling you last week, if anything is off with your horse, always dentistry, feet, Two biggest things to do when you're looking after the horse but lots of times we don't know what we don't know until we do know that's where we're not checking our horse's mouths because they could be in pain they could have headaches remember that little piece i showed you last week remember give a little push in and then it pops up here like that little um toy poopy bubble thing yeah the, oh, my hand just comes out of nowhere there <laughs> <laughs> that look the, the squeezy toy yeah so squish them and then all the jelly would that's right the so push in there with your horse and it pops up if your horse has a major reaction remember that's major headache going on again it could be related to his teeth so just take a look or maybe his personality has changed something has changed with him or maybe he's got not aggressive, but definitely not as happy as he used to be. Yeah, eating, eating habits, things like that. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. So anyway, so Grant is our dentist. So he just met this, this couple, I don't know, a few years ago. Now, they kept this horse. This was a mare, and she was a brood mare. She only caught every three years, though. And why did they keep her? Because they even asked themselves that, but they fell in love with her. So they just allowed her to still be on their farm. It was a breeding farm, obviously, but they just didn't know why she would only catch every three years. Well, when she did pass away, they actually buried her on her property. And oh man, when they found the skull again, and now they had just discovered about equine dentists. They, they didn't know what they didn't know until they did know. They saw her skull. So now I want to show you their skull. Nope, that's not it. Okay, so if you take a look at that picture on the left, 
Do you see how far that tooth is coming down? Like the pain that this mirror must have been in. And if we take a look at the picture on the right, that tooth literally broke her jaw. So can you even comprehend how long this poor horse, because I mean, this is growing and growing over years, had to live and endure the pain. Because remember, the horse's teeth are not like ours. We're, our stuff growing. These horses' teeth can grow and grow and grow. This is why the shaving, it's not called shaving. The, is this dentistry? The dentistry <laughs> is done because they can't go that long. But you see, if you wouldn't have known to look into the side of your horse, you wouldn't mm -hmm. even know. So they're just sick to their stomach that this poor mare lived in extreme pain for really most of her life because they didn't know what they didn't know until they did know. Yeah. And it's so upsetting that it takes that to be able to find out this information. But by sharing it, we figure this is a great way that the mayor didn't go through all that for nothing, right? That's now right. we're sharing it out so that everybody else knows, always take a look into the, to the dentistry piece is huge. Like we couldn't believe the first time we got an actual dentist grant to come out. <clears throat> Oh, what a difference it made in our horses like immediately. Absolutely. We shocked. And I showed you the piece last week. So it was this big when he cut off to begin with. Now he comes once a week and it's just a sliver of a speck of a speck. It's like two that he takes off. I remember a dentist is only about, you know, 50 to $80 more than your vets coming up to just float teeth. Like this is doing the whole mouth. But so worth it. Do we have people with us? I, I was checking and we do. I just am not sure what's happening here today. So if you guys can throw in some comments, some questions on all this stuff, we would really appreciate yeah. it. Because it doesn't, it's not showing us the regular stuff. I don't know why. So I just don't know. Hmm. But we would love for you to continue to be. Okay, well, we'll just continue then. Yes. So, okay, the dentistry part, again, if you want more information on that, we talked about it last week. Go back to that other video as well because we, we talked a lot about the dentistry mm -hmm. piece. But I think one thing we should chat about, and it's almost the first thing that should ever be thought of before even getting a horse, is the pre-purchase considerations. Because getting a horse, you know, you hear about all these like kids want a pony and stuff like that and then they get a horse and they have no idea what the hell do you do with it right yeah. like this thing's big they poop all, all the time. time you know where do we put it what do we do how much time is this going to take and again we're working kind of with this beautiful code of practice that i sent out to oh, this way a lot of you guys last week as well it's got a really great list of things to consider so um what type of horse should you be looking at is it you know if you are not you know, super well versed in the horse world, you're not going to want to grab a, you know, high energy Arabian stallion. Maybe <laughs> I'm just thinking it might not be the best plan to start out with, but you definitely want to think a lot into what the type of horse is that you're looking for and the energy levels and, you know, really put some time into that consideration. The costs, costs are not just a one-time cost for horses. It's not the cost of the purchase of the, that's probably one of the most inexpensive things that you will do with your horse over time because the feed, the land, the vets, farrier, farrier dentists, all of that costs money. So it is a really great idea to be able to actually budget all that out and see if that's something you're going to be able to maintain long term as well. Now, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I'm pretty positive you would. I would go in debt 10 times <laughs> yeah. over to continually own horses and understand who they are. I know even if I have three daughters, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine 
who they would have been without having the horses in our lives. So I would say, I don't care in debt galore, but these three girls are gonna totally be with the horses so they can what talk to them, tell them any of their secrets, yeah, cry, laugh with them, yeah. all those great things that our horses do. And, and by on. no means am I ever saying it's not worth oh, because no. it beautifully is. However, if it's gonna be put something that isn't going to be the time commitment you can do, the budget commitment you can do, and it's going to put your life into more stress. Maybe mm. that's, it's just things to consider before you actually get your horse. And Absolutely. I love it. Oh, thank you, Brittany. I appreciate that. And uh, she says the purchase is the cheapest part. Now, free horse is never a free never horse. Never a free horse. <laughs> Jenny, I'd live in a tent before I gave it up. <laughs> exactly, right? I love it. I agree. Uh, skills and knowledge. It's this you can learn. Everything is learnable. Absolutely. When you align yourself with the right people and you are willing to put in the time and effort to do that. But as a non-horse person coming into horse world, that is a steep learning curve. If I was all by myself, just learning how to do this with the horse, I best be prepared to put in hours and hours and hours of learning of how I'm going to be able to do this. And well, that's my personality too. I want to make sure I was doing it right. But what is the time commitment that you're willing to do? If you board your horse, which could be another expense, that's a, that's okay too, but are you going to be able to go there once a week? Are you just going to visit once a month? Like what kind of relationship are you hoping to have and the time that you're willing to put into it as well, which is always something to be think of. Um, and the last one they have here is the contingency plan. So this one isn't one we like to think of all the time, but what happens to all of your animals if you were to pass away? What, you know, what happens if it's your kid's horse and all of a sudden they're no longer interested? Well, what do you do in that case? So having those contingency plans in place ahead of time allows you to be prepared for if anything did happen in the bad way. <laughs> so true. So yeah. true. <clears throat> yeah. So that's a great little list. And like I say, this book is so great. If you guys haven't downloaded it yet, um, just shoot me an email at the end. And we'll give you my email address and I'll send it off to you because it's a great little book. One thing I always say for a welfare piece alone, get a lawn chair, get some yeah. coffee, lemonade, whatever the case is, go watch your hurt. If you don't have a herd to watch, go watch someone else's herds. Because when you start seeing literally where do they touch each other, where do they uh, actually move energy or some of you would call it grooming each other. So that's where they use their teeth. See where they do it on each other because they do it on all parts of their bodies because horses aren't touchy feely like humans are. We can touch and feel and love and our horses come in. All of that is great. But if you watch a herd, they don't come in to just, yeah. I mean, except for the friendship yeah. zone. Now, the friendship zone is when a horse comes in with their forehead and they rub on you like this. But knowing the difference between a horse that's itchy and a horse who's saying it's friendship, I can tell you right now how it rolls. You're just standing there and your horse comes and he does this to you. You're, you're not thrown off balance. Mm -hmm. That is, now watch in the herd, a horse will do this to another horse, friendship. This is their friendship zone. If they come in and they do this, except for it's more forceful and you actually lose your balance, that is a horse being itchy. Yeah, you are a scratching post. That's right, and <laughs> no, you gotta respect yourself enough to know that no, you are not a scratching post. Absolutely. Because they're not thinking inside their brains because they don't think like us saying, what a nice girl Carolyn is. She's allowing me to use her whole body as a scratching post. Super duper. Yeah. Yeah. That's being used. Yeah. We don't use them. They don't use us. That's right. Fair is fair. Yeah. Uh, Jenny, this is a great comment too. I'd suggest taking an equine first aid course, get a great vet and an incredible, incredible scenario. 
And that is all very, very true. And you owe it to your horse on the farrier piece as well. And you don't know what you don't know until you do know. But I can tell you this as horse people out there, listen to your gut. We as humans actually are gifted in our intuitive piece and our gut, but we sometimes forget to listen to it. So if your brain is saying, I'm not liking what I'm seeing or feeling with how this is being handled with my horse, go to your gut. You owe it to your horse for the welfare piece to make sure he's in a good state with the farrier that you hire. Yes. Well, and that goes for boarding or where you're wanting yep. to volunteer or get more knowledge. Your gut tells you a lot. We actually get a fair amount of questions about that. Do you know about this place? Is it any good? We can't know about all of them. We're just, we just don't have time to learn about no, all of them. We just don't. But, um, but the biggest thing we always say is if your gut's saying something's off and you're not liking the way that that place feels or you're not liking like how the horses are being treated or something, Go with your gut, like really follow it on that because that's what the horse would do. Hurting, oh my gosh, the goes, strongest. And this goes well with the whole friendship thing and how they come together. They need each other. This And it is, it's the strongest instinct that horses have, the strongest, because the number one thing a horse needs to feel, number one, and for all our facilitators, they're gonna tell me, <laughs> but it is to feel safe. Now, if a horse is unable to be with another horse, you see, you're putting him at a place, a prey animal, there's no safety. Yeah. A, a human who comes out to see him for a couple of hours a day does not give him safety. So he does need to be with other horses. He can't just be all by himself because there's no safety in that. <laughs> and prey animals in that herding, what they do is they start sharing that space together and they start helping each other. That's why you got to go watch the herd balance each other because if anything's stuck yeah. or... If anything is hurting them, they actually help each other to move that energy so that they're they're feeling better. They're feeling safer to themselves. Yeah. And imagine never getting a good night's sleep. Yeah, I love Brittany. Safe. That's, That's right. Right. <laughs> but imagine never getting a good night's sleep because you don't feel safe enough to fully close your eyes and go into a deep sleep. When you have a horse that's all by themselves, that's the same kind of piece because they can never go into that proper deep sleep because they don't feel safe enough to do so. So that is a really mental that would mess with the mental. I'll just let the dog bark and pass for a quick moment. There we go. All right. <laughs> Perfect. So herding is very, very, very important for them just to have the, the other horses around because that's one of their greatest instincts, but also for them to be able to function and think mentally the proper way. I actually heard a story about there was a horse that was, uh, was a stallion all by himself. And you'd think because the stallion's the lead of the herd, maybe it wouldn't be as bad. Well, this horse went like, a little bit cuckoo to the predator side of things because mm. his brain switched over to the point that he never got to the point of feeling safe. So he actually started like attacking things and becoming very, very aggressive in how he was working. And I'm sure there was other pieces maybe that came teeth. with that. Yeah, maybe teeth. <laughs> there's, there's, I mean, maybe testosterone, but Lord knows there could be lots of things, but that was one study that was done that said, you know, it's really not healthy for them to be all by themselves all the time. And you know, and even if you can't, let, let's say you have one horse at your own property, maybe you have a, a friend or, or someone who they need also a companion for their horse. So it could be a win-win where maybe you guys would share responsibilities in the feeding and the letting out and doing all those things that's required. So it's just something to think of. And if you're boarding, of course, with boarding, they're in the paddock. So maybe there's a friend horse that the, you have seen over the fence where sometimes you can allow the two of them to just be together to be able to herd with each other. 
literally share that space and not over a fence, but literally together. Yeah. So you can see what these two horses <clears throat> do together and helping each other to get balanced inside. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the herding, we can talk a little bit about, why does it keep going back like that? It's I, irritating I me now today. Yes. Um, pastures and shelter. So this is, I mean, I think it's pretty common knowledge for anybody who has horses that they have to have places to roam and they have to have shelter. So that's basic needs type stuff. When you bring it in with the herding, that's where you get into the welfare side of things. Because basic needs say, yes, they do have to have a place to live and they have to have shelter to be able to shelter themselves. But there's a lot to think about uh, space-wise if, if they are able to actually run and do the things that they need, if they're able to actually forage properly so they can take care of how they naturally need to take care of themselves. Head down. <clears throat> Not up. Well, it's yep. true though. You <laughs> yeah. know, sometimes we yeah. forget about that with horses. It's like a, a giraffe. They need their their heads up to do a lot of their eating. And it takes them a lot of work to drink their water. But obviously they know how to do it. But with our horses as well, like naturally, that's how their system is even made. They go down, they pull up the the food, and then of course they have their good teeth who are working and it goes through their body. So that, those are the natural pieces. And don't get me wrong, I have uh, hay nets as well for the winter. And yeah, you're right, they do eat up high to begin with, but with having 10 horses, I can tell you, we don't have time to fork out all the time. And my other thing is with the welfare of the horse, horses need to eat at least 16 hours a day. Well, if we're just only able to do that fork feeding, sometimes they're not getting enough of that food in that 16 hours. So that's why I just kind of like the hay nuts because they allow them to eat, but then they bring it down pretty quick so that their heads are low. But these are things, obviously, we can't all do every single thing in that welfare piece. Yeah. We're trying, we're each trying our own method methodologies to be able to do it with obviously the studies, but it all depends where you are. Just like Carolyn says, your facility is going to depend on how you're able to allow that welfare piece of your horse to come through. And I think we'll switch over to forage and feed before we go back to the pasture stuff, because we're on a roll of it already. But having clean food that's without dust. Um, <laughs> that's hard too. It, it is very hard, but you try your best, right? You yes. don't want to feed them moldy hay. No, um, that's that's not nice. <laughs> so um, Jennifer, I love has Guelph has an online first aid course. It's super intense, but it's very important, informative. Yeah, first aid is a really good one to do uh, as well, because then you know exactly what to do in those emergency. first instances. Right. A lot of times you're going to be calling a vet as well if it is that emergency piece. But at least you can kind of reframe your mind to say, OK, I know how much blood they've lost. I know what I need to do for it. And you can do the initial reaction. That could be the part that actually saves Save your horse life yeah, as well. Absolutely. Uh, going back to the feed to um, their diet, making sure that they always have a salt block, making sure that they have the proper minerals. Now, uh, I don't know if everybody goes and gets their hay checked to see exactly no. what's in it and everything else like that, which is suggested. However, you just want to have those pieces available. They know when they need it, right? It's like the same as they know to eat dandelions or they know to lick salt lick. They know when they need extra minerals, so they'll go and do that piece too. But it's just having the availability there for them to get everything that they need that they would if they were in the wild. And from where you're from, you're going to know if there's something that's uh, lacking, maybe in your ground, even as your grass grows up, or you can get them and see, do they even want to go? Because you can't make them no. <laughs> lick the, the no. uh, like this. Yeah, like, this. like it this. just doesn't work <laughs> like that, right? So. 
you could see and do a test on that as well. Yeah, it's more having the stuff available for if they did need it. And of course, watching things like pesticides or grass sprays or anything else like that. Uh, foxtail. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, foxtail is really <laughs> an interesting thing because I actually didn't know how dangerous foxtail mm -hmm. was. And we have a hay field that didn't go in right. So we got a lot of foxtail. This foxtail got caught in their mouths, their gums, their teeth. Like it was horrid. It's like little razor blades. Yeah. So, of course, we had to call the vet back. The, the no, bat. the dentist. Yeah. The dentist back because he had to literally with tweezers pull all of it out. Pull all of it out in ten horses, and of course, what did we do with that? We burned all of that hay. It is garbage. It is gone. And it is like a, a really great way for them to get mouth infections and mouth infections yes. easily lead to blood infections. And then you've got a horse that you have to put down or passes away on their own. So foxtail, those types of things, just being aware of what's in the feed in that kind of respect as well is really, really smart because that could have saved us a whole lot of time. Oh, and money, money. but yeah. that's okay. It's for our pony <laughs> pond, so we're going to spend it. You know, dandelions too, if you didn't know that, I know sometimes people panic because there's so many dandelions and they're concerned with it. A horse knows when to eat the dandelions and that's for his liver. Mm -hmm. So it's really exciting when you see those dandelions come in and watch your horses as well. If they've had enough, they, a horse knows what they need. So that's the cool piece. They listen to what it is that they need to eat. So again, really take a look because you'll see, okay, they've had enough dandelions. Now they're going more to the grassy areas. Mm -hmm. But I mean, sometimes those, uh, it looks like you have a field of mustard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, treats kind of fall in with this as well. And we talked a lot about that with the dentistry piece last time, but lots and lots of sugars and that kind of thing is not fantastic for their teeth because we don't want to get them into the cavity side of things as well. So just knowing, it's the same as feeding ourselves. Knowing what we're putting into our bodies is really important. Knowing what we're putting into theirs as best we can, because obviously we don't test the hay ourselves first. No, no, <laughs> sure don't. We haven't done that yet. Yeah, and it's nice because here we, we just do hay in the winter. They can still forage though. We have uh, 20, well, I guess almost 30 acres where they could still go out and forage in the winter. But then come the summer, here it is with transferring. You're always going to Make sure your fields, let let a field grow, let them on for one field for a week, and then transfer them over to a, another field. So it gives that other field a chance to grow up. And again, if you've got more, then great. Let that one yep. grow up. Do another, because two weeks of at least growing on the field before you put them back out there again is going to have the ability for, again, more of that beautiful growth of that grass growing in and the things that they need versus keep, don't let yeah. them keep a, chewing on a naked, well, a, a naked field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll wreck all of it. Isn't it amazing? It blows my mind though, how fast they can go through a field. Like I remember, I think it, the first time we let them out at this place and I was like, there's no way they, that's huge. It looks like two days later. I'm like, holy crap, they're yeah. not done. Like what happens? I don't understand. They eat <laughs> all the dime. With that, going into the body piece of our feed as well. You want to make sure that your horses are in decent health condition mm. as far as their body as well. And so this has a uh, this book has a body conditioning scoring chart. It nope, this way is where I live. So if you guys take a peek through this, it's actually a really good way of being able to see where your horses or where your donkeys are at, and it lets you have an idea of okay, are they pretty overweight? Are they not? You know, and 
yes, they, yes, they'll put on some poundage in the winter and everything. And no, we're not always perfect either on this side of things. No, we got are, a couple of chubby horses. And well, Roxy, I just don't understand. <laughs> I just don't because she doesn't eat any more than the other horses. She's like me. She's got a slow metabolism. That's what it is. <laughs> but having that body scoring chart is a great way, so you can actually just see it on, you know, see it on the wall or see it in the book, and then look at your horse and have a good idea of where they're sitting health-wise as far as weight. And I think actually with Guelph as well, I think they have a store where you can yeah. buy some of these posters. We have two different po uh, two, two different kinds of posters that we hang in our arena as well, just keeping us aware of the body scoring and the first aid piece i think it is yeah so it's just kind of lovely because it brings you back to oh yeah i know it's going to be there if i'm seeing something that's happening differently and um, going back then to the pineapple weed i know a type of i saw that too Mama. really yeah huh and they love it so that's really interesting as well i don't do we have pineapple weed here terry you're in you're in bc I wonder if we know. do. We'll have to look. I want there. a pineapple weed. Holy jumping tuna fish. Yeah, See, that's, that's what works. Quite again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so back to the pastures and shelter. We talked a little bit about this already, but you definitely just want to make sure they have space according to your local area. I think it's kind of different how much acres per horse and that kind of thing wherever you are in a lot of cases. But you just want to make sure that they have the ability to go outside and not necessarily sitting in a stall at all times. Sick or injured horses, obviously that's different because they can be stalled. But even in those stalls, there is parameters that they have to be able to turn around. They should be able to roll freely if they can. So the size of those pieces matter as well. So true. I mean, I know even in BC, Vancouver, BC, you don't have, well, for those who are blessed enough to have their, yeah. their acreages, yay. But a lot of people who have horses, no, it's just not set up the same way where you have that freedom to be able to have a different place where it's, they're being boarded. Like it's a much more confined area. And it is what it is. You have to fork the feet. Yep. You have to do certain things because that is where you are at. And it really breaks it down to make sure it's just safe for them, right? Like you aren't going to have uh, extra like nails on the ground or like no. sticks falling out, you know, just. Yes, and I, I'm sure where you're you boarding, would they would always be looking after the property because they're doing it so there. exactly. Yes. They want to keep all the pony pulling safe. Jennifer put this in for us too. So if you guys are interested, this is the Equine Wealth uh, Education Store so that they have amazing posters and different things. They really as well. do. Yeah. I love Guelph. I love Gail Ecker too. I love them. And oh, love, here's love. another welfare piece for those of you who are, you know, wanting to connect, you know, and hearing horses differently besides all of those little tips that we've already given you. Warwick Schiller is one of the greatest to me horsemanship trainers that I personally had the pleasure of meeting. Why he speaks our language. He used to be the horsemanship trainer that no horse doesn't come in. No, you do this when a horse does that. Now he's all about, now I say, what is he trying to say to me? And mm -hmm. he literally gives horses a chance to communicate what it is that they're needing at the time. And he gives tons and tons of free, free YouTube videos out there. So yeah. go to YouTube, go to Warwick Schiller. You're going to fall in love with the way that he helps us to communicate more, to connect with our horses. Yeah. So whether riding, he is more, of course, on the riding side. But again, he does loads on the ground first, and which we all should be doing is understanding and hearing and seeing on the ground before we hop on to 1,200 pounds and fall off. 
or, uh, or get rolled on. And Leah Dix is open too, isn't it? Leah Horse Dick. Culture and Communication, really fantastic. We've taken that one too. And it's it's really cool, a different way of uh, all ground stuff, definitely. And it's yes. not like you're working through a program, but it's just getting that, what is the horse culture and how does this work and how does it work with science? Me like science. I like we when do. I can understand those pieces. And so, not only is it with science, it's she did it and designed it with another vet, a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. So it's a three-day workshop that you can do online, but she gives you those pieces that then you learn in science how it rolls, and then you take it to your horses. Yeah. So it's always giving you something that you have to do with it. But she's really cool too. And just email us if you want yeah, to. Yeah, I throw it in the comments. Yeah, and throw in the link yeah. there as well. Okay, blankets and halters. So this is, I mean, obviously both can be used, <laughs> but the blanket piece in the guide, it says that the horses must be checked on once per week if they're wearing a blanket. I actually, I would say more if they get something or if they get sweaty under there and it freezes, like you can have some real issues. We completely understand if you've got show horses or whatever else you're going to be blanket. We don't blanket ours, but they are not show horses. No, we don't <laughs> compete. We no. don't do anything. They don't leave. That. They, they live, live the way that they need to live. Yeah, they're sweatpants horses. Yes. <laughs> we groom them and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they don't have to have those pieces on, but definitely be checking your blankets. There's, I mean, a ton of horror stories out there about blankets and halters being on in an open field and the stuff that can happen when they aren't checked on regularly and horses getting caught with the halters. Halters, I'm not a big fan of seeing them on in a field when, you know, like you can go out and put a halter on and then take it off when you let them back out is my personal opinion. I but. feel a lot of people keep a halter on because maybe their horse is hard to catch. Mm -hmm. So we also do have something else, but maybe we'll save that for another time. But the one thing that is really cool is training your horse to what? Want to connect with you. And that's not training. I'm sorry. I have, I have said that wrong. Is wanting your horse and your horse wanting to connect to you. So how do we do that? We definitely never do it with treats. That's yeah. one. That I, even if you were a treat person, if you want true connection and clear communication with your horse, it is a slow process and I've got the steps in how you do that, but it's really that patience and just going out and don't go out with nothing in mind except just being and just keep doing those little steps yeah. so that your horse gets used to the idea that, hey, she's just actually just wanting to connect and say, hey, how you doing? She's not getting a halter on me. She's not taking me in to be road and you know here's the other thing lots of horses are in you only have so much time so you mm -hmm. go out to what ride your horse well the horse already knows she all she wants <laughs> to do is ride me and then they'll all hide the halter like yeah. it's, and you can't hide the halter coming. they know yeah. it's coming but i think a lot of times that's why people keep on their halters but i'm not positive but yeah, yeah. halters are very dangerous very. you know horses horses can get into trouble even if you had those cushions all yeah, along your you fence line. You noodle the whole place. And, and they're still going to find a way to damage themselves. Yeah. So it's so easy for those halters to get stuck in something and then you get severe damage. I've seen damage where people have left a halter on their horse their entire life where it actually grows in yeah. to their skin. So, and of course, or none of us like are doing that. Pulled off big hunks of their skin because their halter got caught in the back of the field and nobody saw. And it, yeah, they can, it can just yeah. be messy, messy stuff. Yeah. So that's our, that's the thought on those. Yeah. <laughs> um, Any questions so far? Yeah, we like those. Yeah, we love questions. 
We talked, I see um, Terry put in Charlotte Cannon. I haven't checked her I before. I have never heard of Charlotte take Cannon a peek. before. Yeah, I like okay. that. So Training methods. This is one that is in oh. the book as well, and it's such. So you there's might want to read gamut. on it. Yes. Yeah. There's such a gamut of this. Basically, it's just saying that you're not going to do anything that's going to cause them avoidable pain. So if you don't need to, like, what are you, those things that they put? The little shackles? Oh, um, hobbles. Hobbles. If, if there's no reason for these things, they're saying not to use them. And that's basically that everything you're working should working with should be in good repair. And it's not going to cause undue harm to the horse. If the horse is running at you and you you have to protect yourself in some way, okay, right? But there's no reason, like a, kicking a horse in the gut. I've heard that one before. There's that was zero reason. The old cowboy way. Yeah. I remember when I was growing up with horses, cowboys used to always do that. But, I mean, it wasn't too many years ago we were at a place where they compete and show, and they would kick their horses in the gut to put on the cinch. And it just, like you just... Because you can't go running over to it. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it is their horse, but it just kills your ever-living being's soul that this is the way that we yeah. are doing it. Because we don't need to do that. And again, just like people and horses, here's some parallels. You know, you can make a horse and a human do specific things for a long time. That control piece is it's not allowed. It's not allowed. You will do it this way. You will conform this way. However, one time there is a blow. Because they're doing it because um, a number one thing a horse needs to feel is safe. So if they're continually being trained or controlled in this way, they're saying, well, I have to feel safe and see my owner is saying, oh, okay, I get a break. I get the release when I continually do it the way that they're saying to do it, yeah. right? So you don't want to ever want a, a freight train being loose. Yeah, yeah, you're creating a possible issue. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. Okay. The little shackles. LOL. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I went and saw a horse that was cross-tied. So this was many years ago. Oh, I went and saw this horse and to see how he was. We have him now. His name is Kokanee and he's amazing. And I walked in and they had him cross-tied. And so I said to the lady, I'm like, well, is he like aggressive or what's happening? She's like, no, no, he's cross-tied. I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure that means something. <laughs> She must have thought that I was such a lady. But at the same time, I was sitting there as a pretty new to horses person thinking that she was maybe a little bit off. Like, why would you do that to a horse? I Absolutely. couldn't understand it. But again, you don't know what you don't know until you do know. It's so true. And I think, you know, here's the moral of the story, everyone. You don't have to go out and spend a lot of money on these additional pieces. Definitely not. This can be the biggest thing that you can do to hear a horse. Watch the herd and replicate what you see when you're working with your horse. So a horse comes in and I don't know, maybe he does bop you right here, but it, it's not like hard or anything. Take a step back and say, okay, buddy, what is it you're trying to say to me? Like really, and say those words to your horses. Start asking your horse questions. That's another way to really communicate and connect because it, watch their ears as you ask the questions. Because sometimes I will say, I. Are you feeling okay today? Because I'm looking mm. at them, not sure. And you see, you, you see their ears happening. Are you okay today? And even though they're not hearing our English words or our French words, because that's not how horses no. know to listen. It's through that stimulus. So it's it's showing them a picture because here's the welfare of the horse too. We know 
horses have stacked memory. Well, so do us as humans. So what are we doing? We see pictures and memories. So when I say, are you doing okay? I'm literally showing a picture because this is a picture of a horse being okay. Makes more sense. If he's not okay, lots of times you'll see the horse, they'll put his muzzle somewhere or he'll mm -hmm. show you something that you didn't know if you wouldn't have been asking or paying attention. So those are, I think, the two biggest things I would say when you yeah. are trying to keep that welfare of the horse, let them know that you hear them. You go to Cynthia's saddle and you see his ears are pinned and he's coming in for a bite. Take a step back for a second and say, whoa, like what's happening? Yeah. Right? Like just, it's not to say that you can't go for a ride, but the horse needs to know you're actually listening to him when they actually speak to you. Yeah. And I love that Terry put that into you. I love what Warwick says is I hear you. And ah, I like it's that. It's true. Even and again, they don't understand the words, I hear you, but the intention that goes with that, that you're sending back is that you're taking the moment to just stop and see what it is that they're saying in a different way, right? And that really is- You bought it. The basis You bought it. You, you bought it. it. <laughs> you should put your email up. Oh, so yes. any of you who would like to see the dentistry video, just uh, email Carolyn. And if any of you didn't get that welfare guide last week as well, and you would still love to get it because I mean, heck, it's just free knowledge that you can keep at the barn or keep inside your home or anytime you're questioning anything, go to your welfare guide. Google search stuff as well because work would come up a lot of times. My horse yeah. keeps stomping his foot always when I go to do this. There's going to be something that comes up to give you more knowledge in that area. Yeah. I love this. It's turning into like a book club. We've got uh, a few different book, books that have been put in here that might be good reads. I actually started reading a book called Reckless. And it's about a horse from the Korean War that was more than a horse. <laughs> I could have ever, like just phenomenal, boggles my mind. But that's a good one too. But I love that everybody's putting these pieces in. Very nice. Very nice. So we hope that you've enjoyed this hour with us and you've learned just a little bit more. Long you know, a little bit more helps us to hear our horses differently and connect in a way that we didn't even know was possible. And we love your ideas too. If there's more things that you guys want to learn about, throw it in the comments, yes. send us a message because we're more than happy to do lives and that kind of thing on these as well. So let us know, what is it? What do you want to know about? Yes. Yes. And next week we have our Aussie Aus friends. Aussie down under. Would love to get that. Oh yeah. Just a, well, you've got my email, Tara. Oh, beautiful Tara. Yeah, How are it. you doing? Okay, that was kind of whiny. Yeah, it was. But it's just because I haven't seen you in a long time. So that's why it was kind of whiny-er. <laughs> Jennifer says, wellness guide? Who are we emailing? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're the oh, one. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> you are awesome, too. So just to recap, if you want this video about the dentistry, you can do it to my email. It's up on the screen right now. Carolyn at equineconnection.ca. Throw that one in there. And then it, the last week we gave away the wellness guide. Uh, anybody who's taken our certification, you will have this in your stuff as well. But it is this beautiful code of practice. You can also get it through that Guelph store too. But if you want a copy of that, just mention that in the email as well. I will send it off to you. <laughs> no, you are the one, she says. <laughs> I love that. Every time she makes a comment in Teachable, I'm like, yeah. you're, you're the, the one. one. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer became our one last week. She did. She did. <laughs> Great so, time. Great yes. time. I love talking about it. There's never a day that you, I don't know, that you could not talk about a horse. So have an amazing day. And I'm totally blanking out what the girls are talking about next week. I love Oh, the, the uh, creativity piece. Yes. 
Yes, that's absolutely it. So Jane, join Jane and Alice, and Alice. next week. It's going to be at a bit, bit of a different time. I think it's 3 p.m. Mountain Our time. time, which I do not remember what that is. Their time. <laughs> their time. But I think it's 8 a.m., but I'm not positive so. either. Yeah. But anyways, it works for us. And it's so cool to hear on their side the things that they're also doing in business and in that horse industry. Because no matter what kind of business you are in, in the horse world, or you're just wanting, again, you just own a horse and you just want the knowledge, heck, listen in on all these lives because there's always tidbits Absolutely. that we learn about ourselves and, of course, for our pony phones. Yeah, plus it's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody, have a great day, and we'll see, we'll see you in a couple weeks, and we'll see Jane and Alice on next, next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in today with us gals from Equine Connection on today's episode of Changing Lives with a Horse, of course. Next week, we're going to have tons more information and please join us then for more chatting on how these phenomenal creatures are really the best teachers around. We'll talk to you all then.